Hello, beloved family. Welcome to A Hope Kingdom Ministry, where we give you food for thought. Our intention is to give you something more to think about. Beloved family, today I want to ask this question. I'm always asking questions, right? Who or whom are we promoting? Who are we really promoting? Who's in charge? You might why am I asking this? You know, uh, being an entertainer in entertainment for many, many years, I can spot entertainment. I, the more I look at the church and be it the church, it looks more like the world, quote unquote, the world. I'm trying to find what's the difference. Anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me start. Father, thank you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for this opportunity to be here to speak to your chosen few here on A Hope Kingdom Ministry. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for allowing us to see 2024. It's not something we earned or deserved. It's your mercy. And Father, thank you for keeping us through, excuse me, 2024. Thank you for keeping us through 2023. Some people say, oh, they're so glad to get out of 2023 in hopes of being a better 2024. Father, thank you for the good and the bad that you kept us through, that you brought us through, because the key word is through. We came through. We're still here. Hallelujah. And that wouldn't be without you. Every day is a good day because you made it. Every year is a good year because you you made it. You cre- created it. It doesn't mean there weren't bad things that happened in a year, but how can we turn anything that you did and call it bad? Everything you did, you say, it's good. We, human beings, have put bad in your good. That's how I see it. So I just want to thank you for being perfect, Father. Thank you for loving us, even though we are imperfect. You loved us so much. You came in the form of your word, which you made your word become like a son and put it in flesh and blood so you could understand us and save us. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. You're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. You are the love of my life. Abaya, thank you. And I pray, give me guidance by the power of your set-apart spirit, your Kadash, they call the Holy Spirit. Guide my mind, my tongue. Set a watch, O Yah, before my mouth and guard the door to my lips. That I speak what you would have me speak. Convict me if I'm saying anything wrong. Have your way with me, Abaya, and let your will be done. For I know that it's good. For you are my shepherd and I shall not be in want. And I pray for these listeners. I pray that their spiritual ears are open in their hearts. And they receive your word. If there's anything of me, that they'll be able to reject it. Anything that's not the truth. And you know, Father, 
I only want to speak and preach your truth. But I know that I'm not perfect. But you are perfect and my love for you is as perfect as I know how to be or as it can be in this human flesh. I'm getting all crossed up with my words, Father. But one thing about it, I know I have your, you, my comforter, my sweetheart, your spirit that prays for us and prays for me when I don't know what to pray or when I can't pray. So precious set-apart spirit of y'all, pray for me, pray for us, pray for these listeners and that we will be pleasing to the Father and become one with you and one with each other as you, the Father, and the Son are one. Hallelujah. In the name above all names, which I believe is Yah, Yahusha, the Messiah, the Messiah, who is called Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh, have you ever, sometimes where it's hard to pray, you get your words all mixed up when you're praying. You know, but sometimes we try too hard to play, excuse me, to pray pretty or to pray correct. It's not about how wonderful or how good our prayer was or how bad our prayer was. It's about how good he is. It's about our heart, how true is our heart and our faith. It's not our prayers that heal people. <laughs> it's not how much we fasted. Or how, how much we stayed in the word. How how good we were being. No, it's him. It's his power. It's his love. And he and his word, he said, If you believe on me, the things that I do, so shall ye do. And he commanded with his disciples, which it goes for us. Go. As you go, preach the gospel of the kingdom. That's one the only the good news is only one gospel, the kingdom. You know, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out devils. That's everybody, not just pastors or prophets or evangelists. (laughs) Okay, you want me to go there? All right. All right, then. Whoa. (laughs) Settle down, girl. (laughs) All right, getting back in the swing. 2024. Hallelujah. All right, this message, who... Or whom are we promoting? Family, what's the difference between a gospel outreach, gospel concert, or a night of worships promotion and flyers and posters than what they do for the world? You know, for the secular things. I can honestly say, nowadays, I can't see any difference. They're, they are both promoting flashy photos, exalting themselves, ourselves, featuring blah, 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 this or that, merely, meaning just only, mentioning the name of the venue or church with the time and the date that they will be performing at. Yes, that's right, I said performing. I mean, did you get that? I mean... Talking about the promotion of flyers, you know, and even some things like I would put on Facebook. I would put, you know, send some scripture or really heartfelt messages, short messages. When I put it out there and I didn't put a picture, two or three people would read it. And it would be one of my my ministers, right, under the ministry. But let me put 
a fabulous picture of me, a glamorous picture of me. Oh, I get all kind of remarks. But but you know, I look they're 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 commenting on the photo. Mostly. You know, it's like they won't even look listen or read it if it's not a photo. I even put that on the message and say, you know, I find that if I don't put a glamorous or interesting picture, you won't even pay attention to what I'm saying. Isn't that terrible? And, you know, because I learned a long time ago in entertainment, people hear 50 to 75% with the eyes and only 25 to 50% with the ears. Oh, yeah. I learned that quickly. So when I walked out on stage, I had their attention. They were listening to me by what I wear. I was flamboyant. Feathers and rhinestones and sequins, you know, like Josephine Baker, you know, or I came out dressed like Tina Turner, the wig, the fringe, the whole thing, you know. They listen with their eyes as well as their ears. Okay, getting back to it. So this is what the the gospel, the church advertising their singers or their their when they the pastors, they they look like performers. I, I have to even said that to one of my ministers. I said, you know, when I look at this flyer you made, it's beautiful, but you look like you wanted the temptations and you get, you're going to bust a move or something you know, on there, you know, well, uh, and there, you know, it's, it, it looked like it's about come see me. That's what you're promoting. You're not promoting the house of prayer. You're not promoting the, the, you know, the, 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 what you're doing, calling, crying out, calling out to the, to the lost. It's about promoting you. And you know, bless his heart, he he saw, he says, Kapi Ama, he says, he thought about it, he says, you're right. You know, because I said, it's not his fault, it's not their fault, because that's what we've been taught. That's what they were taught. He's much younger, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's a grandson. Um, so, this is this is what the, the church and the other, the, have been doing and this is what they've been promoting and teaching so just think this is right because it's been done so long but it's not it's not as I said (laughs) it's become more performing performance and you know this really saddens me and what's even worse is the fact that I've been guilty of this crime this sin myself I have but lady, my eyes have been opened to see how much the church has become like the world. Not only the church, but ministries, programs, conventions, and conferences, even sermons. It's about themes and flashy PowerPoints. And nowadays, most churches want to know the theme and topic of your sermon some weeks before you even speak. While you are like, for instance, me, I'm waiting to see what Yah, what His Spirit wants me to speak about. Speak about. You know, He He would because t- He would know what the house needs instead of planning, a, like writing a speech that I'm going to give weeks before and just go give that speech, not not being um, in tune or with the need of the people that are there at that moment. You know, not no discernment. You know, just. Give it a speech. Hmm. It just really frustrates me. And you know, another thing, they request, in some cases, request or suggest you have a PowerPoint. 
with all the scriptures written out so no one has to crack open their Bible or bother to even bring their Bible. Now, grant you, that's not everywhere. I don't, I don't see that being done everywhere in, in Africa, but a lot of them are picking it up. But I know here, I have to have, they want PowerPoint, you know, and then right now, the different languages, I can, you know, I can understand to a certain degree, but I've, I've gotten in trouble because they were saying, well, well can you send us your, your PowerPoint and your, and your sermon? I was like, but I'm waiting for the Spirit to tell me what He wants me to preach. I'm praying. He hasn't revealed it to me yet. And sometimes He wouldn't reveal it to me till I got there. So what I had to do, I, I just started, okay, well, this is what, I say, Father, this is what I'm thinking I would want to talk about. But if you have something else, just let me know and I will change right then there. So I had to give them something. I would send a PowerPoint, send a sermon. And most of the time, I may have get one line on that PowerPoint and he took me somewhere else. And it was exactly what the congregation needed, what the house needed, you know. But uh, needless to say, some of those wouldn't be happy with that because I'm not using the PowerPoint, you know. I even had one pastor stand up and say, you're not saying what's on your PowerPoint. <laughs> really? And I said, well, that's because he's given me something different to say. And, but, and you know, and I said, but, and if you don't want me to come back to your church, that's fine. But right now, I'm going to tell you what he's telling me. <laughs> I did. I mean, something came over. It was his spirit came over me. And needless to say, it ended up being um, many people came. About 60 people ran down to give their lives. And a woman got her hearing back. Uh, people felt, it, I mean, it was miraculous. So the, the, the pastor was happy after that. <laughs> and they, oh, I'm a, you have power. You have power. <laughs> you know, but before, it's like, huh. And he, get back on track. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, as I say, they want, you, they want you to have the PowerPoint with all the, the scriptures. And the people sit there and read. And I look around. Nobody has their Bible open. Nobody's carrying. But only ones I see carrying the Bible are the one the ministers. But the people don't because they're going to sit there and read the congregation. And I know for a fact a lot of them leave there and never, never even open a Bible when they get home. They just read what's on the PowerPoint when they go to church or on Sunday or when they go to prayer night, if they go. You know, and, and it's like I say, they want you to, the people, they want you to expect you to keep follow that PowerPoint. And you know, it seems like it's more like a seminar than a heartfelt, spirit-filled sermon. The way I see it, the set-apart spirit, which most people call Noah's the Holy Spirit of Yah is not allowed to direct or lead anything in the church now. Why? Because the pastors, bishops, apostles, etc., or the church boards are in charge, not the spirit. Oh, they tell him, you sit down and be quiet. This is what we're going to do. And I tell people, men and women, you make a horrible Holy Spirit, a horrible set-apart spirit. The word holy actually means set-apart. Set-apart from the world, from sin. Set-apart from anything concerning the world. Another thing, 
it's getting very hard to distinguish what is the world and what is the church. They dress the same, act the same, drink to get drunk the same, fornicate the same, backbite and gossip the same, compete against each other the same. They even promote themselves and their churches slash nightclubs and concerts the same. I'm serious. I'm serious. I watch Christian television a lot, and I find gospel singers, men and women, their clothes are the same as secular singers. Their pants and dresses are just as tight, backs and chest just as bare, dresses just as short, splits just as high, showing the same amount of thigh, showing just as much cleavage as the secular worldly singers. Even their dancing is the same. Seriously. They're dancing the same in the church as they do in the nightclub. So I ask, what's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference between the world and you, church? What's the difference between the world and you, the church? Huh? Even our videos have been compromised. In a lot of ways, they're the same as the world's, with the exception of the world nowadays is straight out promoting the devil and hell. Meanwhile, the church is more subtle, meaning making use of clever and indirect methods to achieve something, trying to make it easier for the world to digest, to feel comfortable in the church. But do you see them doing that for the church? No, of course not. They're not trying to make it easy for the church. They're trying to pervert the church. Um, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, discount the church. No. I've also found that some churches coexist being part restaurants, part coffee shops, and even part night, like nightclubs. Some are full-fledged comedy houses. Yeah, the pastors are more of a comedian than a preacher. The funny, the funnier he or she is, the more the congregation loves them. Seriously. People like to go to church and, <laughs> oh, they having a good time over then. You, you know, you, know, you may find that hard to believe, but it's true. I've been in a church where one of the favorite speakers, which just happens to be the funniest one, and all I could hear is, oh, I love this preacher. I love because he's so, he's funny. He makes me laugh. And if you ask them, um, what was this sermon about? Most of them can't even tell you. They'll say, well, I can't remember, but he is. All I know, he's so funny. All I know is I never laugh so hard. I'm serious. I'm serious. Most of the time, they're, and most of the time, they're not preaching or teaching. They're talking about themselves. Their personal lives are businesses and testimonies of others than they do the word of Yah. It's more personal things. It's not about the word. It's about them. And that is why it is so easy now for witches and demon-possessed people to get in the church and have a position in the church like small group leader. 
worship leader, deacon, minister, choir member, or worship team member, assistant pastor, and in some cases, pastor. Oh, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, you say, you fill in your Cheerios today. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, this is, I'm really passionate about this, and I'm, I, I know I'm not being as whatever as I would like to be, as, as cool. I don't know if it's cool, what I'm looking for. Um, anyway, just, this is just me. This is just real. This is what I feel. And, you know, on um, Heart to Heart, I read some poetry there, and I was going to put that on, put that on A Hope Kingdom, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I decided not to. But I'm going to read some poetry here, but I would like for you to go over and listen to a moment of poetry on Heart to Heart, if you get a chance. But I want to read this poem. I, I think I may have read this poem on Heart to Hearts uh, sometime last year, maybe. But it goes with this sermon. And it's called, There Are Witches in the Church. It was written by Alicia Yahoo. It was written 7-7-2023. And I thought, look at complete. There's a the number, 7-7. And then you got 2023. Then you got... Three and two is five, and then two more seven. So it's like seven, seven, seven. Completion is number. Listen to this. There are witches in the church. Christians, open your spiritual ears and eyes. You must be alert. They've been sent to cause strife and confusion. Their Christianity, Christianity and religion is just an illusion. They come in with lots of sweet talk and honey. Offer big ties promise the church lots of money. They pretend to be holy, can even speak in tongues, attach themselves to leaders, you know, the important ones, the ones that'll give them status, prestige, and approval, then begin their work as the devil's tools. To cause strife, tear down the church leaders first, deceive the congregation, then take over the church. There are witches in your church and that's not cool. You're unaware of it. Yes, <laughs> you've been fooled. When will the church arise and sound the alarm that witches are in here with plans to do us harm? No matter who it is, you try each and every spirit. Please stop being gullible, naive, and negligent. Now, this poem may be disliked by many of you, but... Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? There are witches in the church. And yes, I'm talking to you. Believe it or not, they're in your church too. Oh, that's right. That's why we can have, that's why we can have a church being a comedy house, looking like a nightclub, promoting everything like the world. I'm, the devil is in there. Witches are there. They're on a mission. They're sent specifically to every church to cause strife, to, to stop the church from reaching the heaven, the heart of Yah. And you know, we are the church. 
That building, is that's a building they call the church, but actually we are, well, we are his temple. Yeah. Am I on one? Yes, I am. I'm on a mission. I, I, here's another poem I want to read to you also. Written by Alicia Yahoo, June 26, 2023. It's called I See. And you know, I'm not just making this up. I've seen this stuff. I write this poem because I know it to be true, okay? I don't write from, I'm not writing from fiction. This one I see. What do I see all around me? I see death and destruction spreading, trying to take over. I see men and women of power being silent instead of fighting for justice, running for cover. I see the house of Yah being used as a comedy house and a nightclub, a place to be entertained. I see false prophets and preachers in the pulpit talking loud, saying nothing, and ain't even ashamed. I see demons leading worship. I've heard witches preach, but no one's able to discern them. I see church leaders blindly holding hands with devils weep while singing gospel hymns. I see, for the most part, the church is lost, caught up in the world, some partially and some fully blind. I see we need to do something drastic like submit, repent, and cry out because we're almost out of time. I see not all are like this. Praise Almighty Yah. There are a chosen few righteous, set apart and true. I see them hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter my kingdom. I sure hope that's you. That's what I see. Please tell me, what do you see? I have seen that. I have seen witches preach. I've seen de- demons lead worship on worship teams and wondering why am I the only one seeing this or if somebody else why aren't they saying something and they know when they've been recognized and of course they don't like me it's not the person the spirit doesn't because it doesn't want to be revealed I have one more poem I want to read to you I uh I think I read this one on Heart to Heart. I just wrote this one. It's called He's Not After You. This is a, written by Alicia Yahoo, a.k.a. Zarina London. That's me. Alicia Yahoo is my spiritual warfare name. <laughs> and it was written January 7th, 2024, about 1 a.m. It was inspired by a powerful message of Pastor Dan Moeller when I was listening to a powerful message of his. It's called, He's Not After You. The enemy is not coming after you, church. No, haven't you heard? He's not after you, brothers and sisters. He's after the word. You see, he doesn't want Yah's word planted and hidden in your heart. He wants to rob you of the seed before growth ever starts. We are Yah's garden. He is the husbandman, and our hearts are his soil. We are also his lanterns. His word is our precious oil. We are to shine for him like a candle's wick that burns. 
We're to shine bright in the darkness till the light of the world returns. So, beloved, know this. He's not coming after you. He's coming after the truth. He wants the fertile word of Yah taken before it's able to yield much fruit. So go to church. He don't care. He's not concerned about what you do there. Go ahead. Praise, dance, raise flags and banners. It's the word that he's after. He fears you being Yah's instrument, his vessel, his salt on the earth. So he tries to rob you of his word before he can ever give birth. You see, if Yah's word is not rooted and grounded in our hearts, the enemy has a way to enter with the intent to destroy us, to rip us apart. Brothers and sisters, you are aware of this. Surely you've heard. The storm rages not against us, not against us, but against what's being built by the word. Let me say that again to you. Brothers and sisters, you are aware of this. Surely you've heard the storm rages not against us, but what's being built by the word. So I'll say it again. The enemy doesn't want Yah's word planted and hidden in your heart. He wants to rob you of the seed before growth ever starts. He's not after you. Beloved, you may not believe it, but it is so true. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of Yah. The Bible says the word of God. David said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against you. See, because, you know, if you just hear it and bounce off, it, it gets in your heart, it changes you. It empowers you. And it, <laughs> and it scares the enemy. What did our Savior use to get Satan straight? It is written. He used the word. You do not tempt the Lord your God. Or you, it should be, you should not tempt Allah Yahuwah. He said, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone. He used the word. He was, and he was coming twisting the word. It, it isn't a word. It says, if you jump down, it, you know, he will, he, you know, he'll save you if you dash your foot. He didn't say. He twisted the word. He, you know, he used, he did the same thing with Eve. He didn't say that, uh, you know, he, he was, did, did he say that you shouldn't uh, eat that? You shouldn't go eat this fruit? You know, he because he, he knows that once you do, it, you'll be like him. And beloved, it wasn't a it wasn't an apple, it wasn't a fruit tree. Okay. Who's who's the tree of life? What's the tree of life? Yahusha, Jesus is the tree of tree of life. Who was good and evil? Who was good and turned evil? Mm-hmm. Say Well Food for thought, something to think about. But just know. He's after the word. The word. Because see, if if the people in the church and these pastors, if they really knew the word, they wouldn't be doing a lot of the stuff that they do in what they're they're calling the house of God or the house of worship. And you know what? He didn't even call he, he the Savior said, My father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. So they I don't they they're wrong right there if they're calling it a house of worship. It's a house of prayer. You should, 
Yes, we're supposed to worship him. But he, this temple, he's supposed to be a house of prayer. He put that first. And you think about it. I mean, think about it. I, I mean, I'm telling you. And see, he changed me. Oh, believe me. I mean, I was the glamour. I, I mean, I, I mean, I had the body for it. And I wore my sexy clothes. And when I started, even when I had given my life to, to the Father... And, and surrendered my life. You know, when I did entertainment, I didn't think about. You know, I'm like, this is well, this is what you're supposed to wear. I didn't think about it was, you know, showing cleavage when I or my split my uh, on, on my dress when I go sing. Now I wouldn't wear that in church, right? But you know, and when I totally when I surrendered my career, because I didn't realize I had given him everything but my career. But see, he gave me time because he had to bring me to Taiwan first. And this is the only way I would get here is coming as a, sing- a jazz singer. You know, and then when, but when I surrendered everything, my career, my song and music, everything to him, nobody had to tell me. It's like, bam, because it's like, oh, I can't wear that anymore. I shouldn't be wearing that. I had just taken some really beautiful, glamorous, sexy photos for, you know, promotional photos. So I was like, I can't use these photos. <laughs> I even took and had somebody, this guy, I had somebody uh, fill, in, uh, fill in some of the holes and block it so I could use some of the pictures. I got them sitting here. I can't use them. I just spent, what, 18, 19,000 NT for those. Just did it. But it was like, I, I know, I can't wear this or... Some would talk about me. I have the, the, the long gown, and it has a slit up the side, maybe come up to the thigh. Well, I have leggings on underneath with it. And they uh, maybe come to the calf. So I'm wondering, why is she doing that? I'm not showing on my leg. I'm not showing on my back. I'm not showing cleavage. I mean, why? Like I, I say, some of the people, and I see some of these entertainers, and they're talking about God. Or they, you know, God this, God that. And they use the most, the most high, sitting there, Boobs out, all kind of cleavage, legs crossed, you know, slits up the side. You know, but they're, and they talk, and I'm not getting don't get me wrong. I know, I think they love him. They, 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 they believe they love him. But I would wonder, like to ask them, if you knew the Savior was coming, and you had an appointment to meet him, would you wear what you have on, or would you feel like you need to go home and change? I would love to ask them that to see what they, what they, for them to have to think about that. Would you go meet the Savior with all your boobs out, your back out, skin tight, dress split up to the side? Would you? Or would you go put on something a little more decent? Most of them would do that. Now, some probably, they don't know, they don't know any better. They would think, hey, well, you know, hey, this is me. <laughs> and I say, if you do that, then you don't know him. If you don't... If you don't want to change, you think you should change, you don't really know him. You have no respect for him. You're no fear, no awe of him. And if you do go on, if you go on change, you know that you're not wrong. That's not pleasing him. You know that you're not right. What you're doing is not right. Showing all your body is not right. You know. So, there you go. Oh, I know this is upset. This will be upsetting a lot of people. <laughs> but, you know, hey... I know what I'm talking about. You talking about to like you talking to about an ex Playboy bunny, uh, ex. I mean, talk about. Uh, oh, I knew how to work that stage. Uh huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm no prude. He just changed me. I thought being beautiful and sexy was it. 
you know? Well, that's what it was when, when I was serving the world, when I was looking to be a star. Wanted to, the world to know me. And it, now I'm looking, I'm serving him. I want to be pleasing to him. And I still wear my glamorous clothes. Like I say, I just, I just filled in the holes. <laughs> I still like my sequins and my rhinestones and, and diamonds and feathers and hats and furs. I do. And I used them. But not the way I used to wear them. You can still do it. You just don't have to put everything out there. Yeah. Because you, then I'm going on this. If somebody lusted you, lusting after you, you think, well, they shouldn't be lusting like this woman. Young lady, I was in church and I was telling her about her cleavage. She said, in too much cleavage in a church. Well, they shouldn't be looking. I said, you know what? You shouldn't have something there for them to look because nobody sins by themselves. He's lusting because of looking at you. So you're a part of that sin. You're a part of his lusting. You know, you, we have, you have to be responsible. Well, they shouldn't look. Oh, in other words, let me show all my boobs and all my legs, but they bet they shouldn't be looking. Otherwise, they're the ones that's not holy. Get, give me a break. But when, and I didn't say it mean to her, but when I finished, she said, uh, I guess I need to uh, rethink my cleavage. Yeah. You're going to have, and you got big boobs and you're going to have them all out and then get mad and say they're wrong for looking. I mean, it's distracting. If somebody come with all their boobs out, I don't want to look at it, but it's like it draws you to it. It's like I have to turn away. You know? You want the man to be more righteous than you. <laughs> Give me a break. All right, it's time to go. <laughs> Woo, the chosen few. Now, don't, don't you guys leave me now. <laughs> you may not agree with everything I say, but we can agree to disagree. But, you know, pray about it. Think about it. This is to give you food for thought, something more to think about. You hear things that you won't hear in most churches, in the average church, you won't hear. All right, beloved. Thank you again for joining me here Oh, I got so many. I got so many names. Ah, your shepherd, Zarina Alicia Yahoo London. Hello. And I hope we've given you food for thought and something more to think about. Who or whom are we promoting? Until we meet again, beloved. Yah willing, of course. Shalom. Yah's peace be with you.